the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome back. <laughs> Sorry we got you started on the wrong foot there. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winning. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth about the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Flow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. But good morning again. <laughs> the weather has been great, and we have enjoyed every minute of it, but we're going to start to change soon with maybe more rains and less sunshine. Well, this week the temperatures are going to be in the mid-30s to mid-40s, and the overnights are going to be in the mid-20s. Oh, boy. More and more ice on the windshield. And this is the week before Thanksgiving. Okay, will you be ready for Thanksgiving? This will be a new Thanksgiving. This this year will be an improvement over last year's Thanksgiving. There will be more face-to-face gatherings of immediate family members. Of course, hey, you know, we see the um, uh, COVID, that Delta version, we see that coming up, uh, and we have to be sure to, to take precautions that are still very important, and common sense would dictate us being safe for the holidays. Remember, we got a whole season here where we have to meet and greet and we have to be very careful in this COVID. It might be coming back, and uh, we don't know what's going to happen now. For the first time in over a year, the airlines will be jammed with 20 million flyers uh, over a 10-year holiday period. But with the advent of the vaccine, uh, we'll inch 
everything back to normal. Uh, so this Thanksgiving, be it face-to-face or Zoom or telephone, it will be great to get together with the family, catch up on what's happening, how are the kids, the grandkids doing, uh, hopefully they're doing well, who's working, who isn't working. Even with this uh, virus problem, we all have much to be thankful for. In reality, we should be thankful every day for all that God has given us and our families. Each of us, in our own special way, is truly blessed. Let me count the blessings. Here's something to observe Thanksgiving. Count your blessings instead of your crosses. Count your gains instead of your losses. Count your joys instead of your woes. Count your friends instead of your foes. Count your smiles instead of your tears. Count your courage instead of your fears. Count your full years instead of your lean. Count your kind deeds instead of your mean. Count your health instead of your wealth. And count on God instead of yourself. So good words to live by. And Thanksgiving is the start of the holiday season. And maybe with the smaller gatherings, I can do a better job of watching my weight so that after Thanksgiving and the Christmas holidays, I'll at least have a fighting chance of getting back in shape by February, March, April, whatever. Hopefully by June, hopefully by the 4th of July. And, and since next weekend will be a long weekend, and hopefully I think the stocks will be up too because, you know, maybe this People jump out before the, the holidays, and then the holiday weeks are pretty good for the stock market. And since this will be a long weekend with Thanksgiving and the weekend, we can find the time to review the economy and how it's affecting our investments. This week, global equities were mixed. In the U.S., two of the three major equity indices were up, with growth and high-tech uh, leading the way. In the U.K., the FTSE 100 was down, while in the European Union, the stock uh, Europe 600 was down and the DAX was up. So they're they're having a mixed season, too, mixed week. In Asia, Japan, the Nikkei was down, while China was mixed. Uh, The Shanghai was up, and the Hang Seng was down. On Friday, the major U.S. stock indices closed at the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at 35,601.98. And then it was down 1.4% for the week. The Standard and Poor 500 closed at 4,697.96. That meant it was up three tenths of a percent for the week. And the NASDAQ closed at 16,057.44. And then it was up 1.2% for the week. So obviously, the value stocks were losing out and the growth uh, were winning. The high tech were winning this week. Next week, or two weeks from now, it might be totally reversed. Uh, The U.S. stocks uh, were mixed. The third quarter earnings season has been strong. It's basically and the poor 500 companies that we've been reported so far. 82% 82% of companies have beat earnings expectations, and 70, approximately 70% have, beat, bitten, have beaten uh, revenue expectations. The third quarter earnings so far show a 
estimated earnings per share growth of approximately 30, 38% over the third quarter of last year. Uh, the stock market has remained strong because of the, the companies have been raking in solid earnings. And even with the uh, global supply chain chaos problems and continuing uh, COVID Delta infections, uh, the secret has been the pricing power. You know, financial results from the major companies show that the strong demand and pricing power have enabled them to basically isolate themselves from all these issues that uh, we think they should be facing, and they are facing, uh, like the global supply chain disruptions. And that is causing a lot of uh, inflation. Your inflationary, uh, everybody is gouging everybody. And uh, because of the inflation, it gives the, uh, the suppliers an extra, uh, extra leverage uh, because the, the uh, inventories are down. And uh, if you want your product, uh, you're going to pay through the nose for it. The other thing is it's deepening inflation results. The consumer price index uh, is up uh, 6.2%. Uh, last month, the, uh, the uh, personal consumption expenditures, they were up. Oh, no, not the personal consumption expenditures, the price, the, the uh, producer price index. That's uh, the next level above us, what the companies are charging each other for uh, products and things of this nature, machinery. That's up 8.6%. And if you take a look at the latest import, prices, the latest import prices are up 10.7%. Uh, and these companies basically can pass their higher prices along to their customers without pushback or cancellations. For example, uh, we mentioned this uh, last week, your new SUVs and truck prices, they spiked up 19% in the last 10 months to 44000 uh, dollars for the average uh, uh, car. And uh, so monthly sales are down, but uh, prices are up for cars. So the cars are the car, car companies are still making money. Uh, this week, the increase in COVID Delta cases in Europe caught investors by surprise. Uh, the U.S. stocks ended Friday. And investors piled into the safety of dollars and government bonds after new COVID-19 restrictions in Europe clouded the prospect for the uh, global economic recovery. Uh, COVID-19 uh, cases are rising in the U.S. and Europe, according to data from uh, John Hopkins University. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, the Australian uh, uh, Chancellor announced Friday that his country would go into a nationwide lockdown starting on Monday with restaurants and retail sectors to close. And uh, there are areas in Germany that are also going into a partial lockdown next week as COVID spreads in Europe and restrictions are strengthening in, in places in Germany. There's a general recognition that basically uh, concerns about uh, where this COVID thing 
is going in Europe. Uh, in the United States this week, the uh, Food and Drug Administration cleared the booster shots for basically all adults. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, they limited it to uh, people over 65 and also for people who were having direct contact uh, on a regular basis with other people, people like people in the hospitals and, and uh, uh, shopping, retail, and things of this nature. But now uh, anybody, any adult, uh, can get the booster shot. And so they're basically saying the FDA uh, decision essentially makes uh, an additional booster dose a standard part of the vac- vaccination process. In other words, the uh, basically this is basically for the Pfizer and the Moderna. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the J and J response is, but uh, if you get your two vaccinations, they're supposed to be a certain time apart, and then approximately six months later, uh, you get your booster shot. And the booster expansion comes after the COVID Delta-driven increases over the summer have basically receded in most states, but in some places uh, recently experienced enough uptick in cases in raising the average number of daily cases nationally. It also led to concerns about a winter surge. Um, in the United States, the latest numbers for the uh, COVID cases are 95,000 uh, new cases per day, and we have uh, 49,000, approximately 49,000 people that have been hospitalized are in the hospitals right now, and we're experiencing 1,200 deaths per day. In Ohio, uh, that, those numbers look like 5,200 new cases per day. And that's up 47% for the last week. And then uh, deaths are at 60 or 76 uh, deaths per day. And uh, that's down a little bit. Uh, before the push, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, a national cases per day, new cases per day. Two weeks ago, that was 70,000, and now it's 95,000. Behind the push for boosters is some research finding that the protection that vaccination provides against systematic infections wanes after six months or so. And basically what you're seeing there is that Israel made a... A deal with Pfizer early on and said, "Hey, you'll be the if you give us a leg up in the in the queue for uh, doses, uh, you'll be the exclusive uh, vaccine in Israel." And they did studies on it, and they they came to the conclusion that uh, um, after the two shots, uh, the two two shots are you're ninety five percent effective in terms of of, uh, uh, you know, being fully immune, but then after six months, that 90, 95% effectivity goes down to about 65%. That's basically why uh, they're expanding this, these booster shots to bring you up to uh, 95% again. So uh, apparently the, the vaccines, uh, their effectivity decreases with time. 
basically to under, arbitrarily put this six months on here, and basically uh, you get another shot. It's becoming more like the flu symptoms, uh, flu shots, where you, you're getting them all the time. Uh, the the uh, consumers this week, uh, moving away from the discussions about the uh, uh, the uh, you know the COVID uh, Delta. Uh, version. Let's talk about what's going on in the uh, economics of the uh, economy this week. And what we're seeing is basically uh, people are returning to normal, uh, kind of a quasi-normal. People, more, more and more people are out shopping. More and more people are, are visiting with each other. Uh, consumers are spending. Uh, October sales were up 1.7%. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, in October, and uh, what you're seeing is that the uh, if you look at the retail sales in food services uh, over the last 10 months, comparing 10 months, the uh, January 1st of 2021 to today, and versus the same period last year, uh, retail sales are up almost 20%, 19.6% actually. And then we take a look at home construction. Home construction is uh, uh, still going great, great guns. And uh, we're looking at uh, low existing inventories and strong buyer demand has helped uh, push uh, builder confidence higher. And uh, what we're seeing is that uh, uh, despite Problems with uh, supply side challenges and and uh, building loss and all the rest of the stuff. Uh, according to uh, the National Association of Home Builders chief economist Robert Heath, lot availability, building lot availability, is at a multi-decade low, and the construction industry currently has 300,000, 330,000 open positions. So. Uh, new home construction is, is doing fine. If you take a look at the number of permits and starts, uh, comparing uh, October to September, <clears throat> it shows that um, permits are up 4% and starts are down 7 tenths of a percent. That's the October, uh, the one month data there. But if you compare year to date numbers, uh, you see that uh, 2021 has been a has been a great year for home construction. Permits were in single family homes. Permits were up 17.3 percent, uh, and the starts were up 16.7 percent uh, in uh, multifamily homes. Permits were up 27.3 percent, and uh, uh, starts were up 18.4 percent. So the the gist of the picture is that uh, uh, 2021 is going to be a banner year for uh, for home construction. Not a banner year in in the short term. Not comparing it to uh, build up before the housing crisis in 2008, like 2000 and. Uh, for 2004, 2005, home construction was going crazy then, too, in terms of uh, production. In terms of uh, turn the subject to uh, 
Uh, and we'll talk about the housing construction later. And we'll also talk about the retail sales later in the show. Uh, we talk about industrial production and the numbers that put out by the Federal Reserve and they came out this week. And they basically show that uh, industrial production was up 1.6% um, in October from uh, September. And it was up 5.1% uh, from a year ago. So we saw the capacity utilization in October move up to 76.4 from 75.2 in uh, September. And we'll talk about that later also. Now, one thing we're seeing in the uh, uh, manufacturing part of this uh, industrial production is that the, we track what's happening in the Empire State uh, Manufacturing Index as well as the uh, Philadelphia uh, Manufacturing Index. One, what they both show, uh, uh, increased orders, increased uh, production, increased uh, 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 backlog of, of orders, uh, increased prices, and uh, it basically shows you that the manufacturing industry uh, is, is coming up to speed again, and uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I think uh, uh, we'll just, uh, I think in, in basically in manufacturing, we are probably getting close to where we were before the uh, COVID struck. Uh, we also see in terms of this uh, uh, supply chain chaos, is that uh, the ocean shipping costs are down uh, 25% in uh, November. So basically, uh, they're either unwinding all the chaos or um, maybe that is the uh, result of uh, the, uh, uh, the shipping has probably gone down. Uh, the need for shipping has gone down, probably because most of the companies have built up their inventories for Christmas. And Washington was busy this week. You know, on uh, Monday, Monday, uh, uh, the president signed the uh, $1 trillion infrastructure into law. And uh, uh, that uh, bipartisan bill was passed by the Senate several months ago and was finally passed by the House on Friday a week ago. And president, uh, the president signed it on uh, Monday. And one of the things that, you know, there's a whole list of things that, in terms of billion-dollar numbers, uh, which I've never seen before, but uh, uh, what they're doing is uh, uh, like $110 billion for roads and bridges and $66 billion for uh, maintenance of, uh, of uh, railroads and $7.5 billion for electric vehicle chargers, um, $73 billion to upgrade and expand the power grid. Uh, all of this is mostly, most of this money, this $1 trillion, will be spent over several years. And uh, it'll be mostly distributed by grants from an infrastructure uh, task force, which will be led by... Uh, uh, Mr. Landrieu, who was the former mayor of New York, New Orleans, 
who apparently supervised, uh, uh, did a good job of supervising the repairs of New Orleans after uh, Hurricane uh, Katrina. Okay, so the members of the task force will be secretaries of transportation, agriculture, defense, housing, and urban development. All the secretaries that are in the executive uh, uh, branch will be in that uh, task force under the leadership of Mr. Landu. So the Congressional Budget Office reported that the bill would add $256 billion in national debt over a 10-year period. Uh, And yesterday, yesterday morning, the House of uh, Representatives passed the uh, $2 trillion, approximately $2 trillion education, health care, and climate package. They call it the Build Back Better Plan. And uh, the Democrats corralled their slim majority to approve the uh, a plan. And the measure was approved 220 to 213, uh, with all Republicans in the House of Representatives opposing it. And uh, the Congressional, Congressional Budget Office found that the bill would add uh, $367 billion to the deficit over a 10-year period. So... Uh, many of the bill's measures are funded only temporarily, and a uh, step that Democrats took to keep down the uh, package's sticker price. For example, the expanded child care credit would last only through 2022, not indefinitely, as, as some had sought. Uh, the looming expiration of many of the uh, bill's features means that much of the Democratic Party's work in Congress over the next decade will be set to focus on reauthorizing the programs. Both uh, Democrat and Republican critics have argued that the hope to keep the uh, funding of the bill's program in later pieces of legislation only disguises its cost, with Mr. Uh, Manchin, Senator Manchin, attacking what he called the budget gimmicks. Uh, And how to pay for it? Uh, There was a lot of commotion early on in terms of raising raising, uh, uh, capital gains taxes and exclusions from uh, federal estate taxes, but that's apparently gone away for now. The bill will be imposed a 15% minimum tax on large U.S. corporations, uh, also a 1% tax on stock buybacks, uh, increased taxes on U.S. companies' foreign profits. Uh, The bill will also leave the corporate tax rate at 21% after uh, uh, pressure from uh, Senator Kristen Sinema. Uh, She had objections to most of the early uh, plans for raising revenues, and uh, the, uh, for individuals, the basic tax rates would stay unchanged for all but the top earners. Those with adjusted gross incomes over $10 million would pay a 5% surtax, and those with incomes over uh, $25 million would pay an additional 3%. That's on top of the regular uh, you know, 39 or 37%. Uh, income tax. So it'll be at least two weeks before the Senate considers the bill, and the Senate has its own ideas that will be 
I think there'll be major changes to the bill. Uh, Congress still has to agree upon funding the uh, federal government uh, after the continuing resolution expires on December 3rd. And Congress must also reach another agreement on raising the national debt. Uh, the Treasury Department says that the new deadline is uh, December 15th. Uh, so all these uh, deadlines are coming fast. Uh, if you recall, uh, at the end of September, they were doing all these things in terms of raising the national debt and uh, funding the government, federal government. They pushed those down the road, but they've only pushed them to December 3rd. So that's going to be uh, 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 the deadlines are approaching quickly. And the, the and the idea here is that uh, time flies when you're having fun. So uh, the Congress has got a lot of work to do before it uh, uh, gets done what it's supposed to be doing this year. Uh, this is Jim McAleese. Uh, you're listening to Get With Show. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. Give us a call. We'll hear about your. We'll talk about the the big picture in terms of what's going on economically in Washington. Uh, We talked about uh, what's going on in the uh, plans for Thanksgiving and and then later for the Christmas holidays. And uh, uh, we're coming out of. the COVID situation, we might be, hopefully, we're just plateauing here. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we don't know. So give us a call. The hopefully number is 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You know, one of the things that you know, we're talking about, what's happening and how it's affecting our investments, uh, the reason we talk about those things is because it fits into our financial plan. In other words, we basically have goals 
and uh, we've identified those goals and uh, we put a price tag on them, an approximate price tag. Nothing has to be accurate here because things change with time. But we know that uh, uh, we're going to retire and we know that we have to save uh, money for retirement uh, to have a nest egg before we retire because retirement is going to be a long time. Uh, it, it, uh, a 65-year-old person has a life expectancy to 85, so it's going to be most probably 20 years, if not 30 years. So uh, that's part of it. It's a matter of uh, uh, saving money for the down payment for the first house. Uh, it, uh, even before that, it's discussions about the uh, uh, starting a fact, getting married, and starting a family, and uh, each one of those things, uh, getting the first house, maybe later getting a second house, and uh, 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 raising the standard of living for the family, uh, education for the kids, uh, retirement, all those things you can put down on, uh, as your goals and, and put a price tag associated with those. And uh, basically, uh, the standard of living, of course, is a, a, a uh, continuing thing that goes on, and uh, it depends upon how much money uh, you're making. And uh, But you also have to develop that saving habit of saying, okay, uh, I have to take a look at my take-home, and uh, I have to allocate it uh, properly at minimum. Each individual will have a different goal and a different, slightly different uh, um, price tag associated with it. And at a time uh, that you have to have this money, and you you look at it and you say, "I'm going to put away this much into some sort of a savings plan, which will then feed a investment plan, which will allow those savings uh, to grow with compounding." Uh, uh, interest, or whether it be appreciation or interest or whatever, uh, into a sum that is big enough to meet my goals in the future. And you have to stay on top of that plan and uh, uh, make sure that it's working properly. And if it's not working properly, you have to make corrections to the plan, either more savings or better investments. Or and then this this goes throughout throughout our lives. In other words, we're, we're faced with decisions about whether we're, we want a car. Uh, basically, the old car is rusting. And do we want a new car or do we want a used car? And how much do we want to spend? How much? How do we want to pay for the car? Same thing with regard to housing. Uh, if it's the first house, then... Uh, uh, it's difficult nowadays because uh, uh, the housing prices are going up so significantly. Uh, the low interest uh, rates for a 30-year mortgage uh, have moved up a little bit above 3% and are probably on the move uh, because the Federal Reserve has indicated that, uh, hey, uh, over the next, um, uh, you know, I'd say three or four years, uh, the federal funds rate will be up to two and a half percent, and the ten-year Treasury rate will probably be at uh, 
maybe four and a half percent, and there won't be any more three percent thirty-year mortgage rates in the future. So uh, all these things complicate your financial plan and uh, how much you're saving, and they also they also change your decision-making process too. If you have a plan, you know where your money's going. You're either satisfied with the returns you're getting or you're not. And if you're not, you begin to move, uh, you change your plan uh, to uh, get it perfected. But you also, along the way, have all sorts of decisions with regard to is this house big enough? Do we want a bigger house? Where are the kids going to school? the expenses in uh, schooling, the uh, uh, retirement plan, uh, all those things factor into your plan, which are basically uh, being funded not only by your paycheck, but also by the uh, uh, stock and bond markets. So uh, this is something we all have to pay attention to. And if we do have the plan, we can make those decisions. Do I want to give up? If I want a new boat, if I want a, a vacation home, what am I going to give up? Is it going to be part of the retirement plan, or is it going to be the two children's braces, or what is it going to be? So uh, all this is part of planning that you do in order to get from here to age 95. So um, it's it's difficult at first, but uh, we do it all the time for our clients, and uh uh, it's easy enough to keep track of once you're once you've laid out your plan and, and gotten yourself organized. So this is Jim McAlee. Uh Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAlee. And uh, we look at what's going on in the economy. And basically, uh, the uh, one of the things that were uh, hit badly during the, rece- during the uh, COVID uh, recession was the restaurants and things of this nature. And if we take a look at uh, retail sales uh, for October, uh, that surprised to the upside with uh, Customers are ready and eager to buy in spite of the Delta variant. Uh, according to the U.S. Department of Commerce, in their advanced monthly sales for retail and food services for October, American consumers stepped up their spending uh, and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, rose the uh, uh, October rated uh, sales growth at 1.7%. From September to uh, 638.2 billion dollars. So, um, as consumers, they, they, we basically shrugged off supply constraints, uh, the uh, Delta variant, and uh, we're out shopping. And uh, what we're seeing here is the rise in, in sales, partly reflects uh, higher consumer prices, which for the latest. 
CPI, Consumer Price Index, uh, increased nine-tenths of 1% in October from September and 6.2% in October from a year earlier. But according to the retail sales, retail sales increased uh, 1.7% in October and uh, were increased 16.3% above a year ago. Even auto and uh, and parts uh, sales are up. Uh, the uh, auto companies are making uh, uh, plans for develop, uh, getting their own uh, chips, computer chips. Uh, they've been holding back production, and uh, Ford was in a, uh, uh, a deal with this week with uh, 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 global foundries. Uh, to produce the chips that are necessary for the Ford uh, uh, in the Ford uh, production, and I'm sure the uh, uh, General Motors is doing the same thing. So um, the weakness appeared, and uh, they're getting in a getting a position to uh, solve it. If we take a look at uh, 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 retail and food services. Basically, retail and food services were up 1.7% for the month. Uh, motor vehicles were up 1.5% and 11.8% for since uh, uh, since October of last year. Uh, furniture was up four tenths of a percent, up 11.9% since a year ago. So, all the numbers that you're seeing in terms of comparing October to October a year ago. Um, clothing and accessories up 25%. Uh, drinking places up 30%. Uh, they're all showing a lot of progress, and uh, which is great for the uh, the stock market because basically the stock market is doing so well because all the companies, basically all the companies in the standard four or five hundred anyhow are basically passing along all the costs uh, down the line and protecting their uh, earnings. You can see uh, in new home construction, you see new home construction is uh, doing well. Uh, they talk about uh, problems with regard to uh, lack of uh, skilled uh, workers. They talk about uh, problems with the uh, materials and pricing of the materials. They talk about the uh, uh, improved building lots and the unavailability that, uh, of improved building lots. Uh, all these constraints are causing, uh, limiting uh, the growth of the uh, new home construction industry. But the new home construction industry is powering through it. Uh, I mentioned earlier that in October, uh, the number of permits for housing uh, increased 4%. The starts decreased uh, seven tenths of one percent, and that's basically because of the, all the problems of getting started. If you're if you're building homes or you're building anything, uh, and your suppliers are uh, giving you half the order and everything else in the order is backlog, it's almost like you're in a warehouse business where you're, you're putting the, uh, the deliveries into a warehouse and, and until you get enough. Uh, uh, Compounds to build the uh, to start the construction. So, uh, in any case, 
uh, we can bear what's happening in uh, permits and, and starts. Uh, home construction the permits were up 3.4 percent from October a year ago, and up four tenths of the starts were up four tenths of a percent. And uh, basically, the the, uh, the thing that uh, uh, it, when you take a look at the permits and the uh, uh, home prices, but not home prices, but the permits and the starts, what you see is uh, October, comparing October to September, uh, single-family permits for single-family homes were up 2.7 percent. Uh, permits for multifamily homes were up 6.5 percent. The starts on single-families is down uh, 3.9 percent, and the starts for uh, multifamilies were basically up 6.8 percent. So it looks as if the Multifamily is coming back again. Uh, if you compare it to uh, uh, October a year ago, what you see is that the single-family permits uh, were down 6.3% uh, in this October versus October a year ago. Multifamily were up 34%. The starts for single-family were down 10%, and the multifamily were up 40% compared to the year ago. So apparently there's a shifting from the single family to the multifamily. But if you want to compare the, the home industry, home construction industry, what you see is that uh, over the past year, year to date, year to date number for the, the, uh, the uh, last year, comparing 2021 to 2020, shows that permits for the single-family homes were up 17.3%. Starts for the single-family home were up 16.7%. For the multifamily, the permits were up 27.3%, and the uh, starts were up 18.4%. Uh, uh, so the big picture of... Uh, the uh, home destruction is doing well, and it's probably reached the limits of its uh, because of the operational constraints in terms of the labor and the and building lots and the availability of the uh, hardware. Then on the other hand, you turn that to different parts of the industry, but different parts of the economy, and that we see... Uh, uh, on Tuesday, the Federal Reserve Bank uh, reported that the industrial production and capacity utilization for October uh, was up basically 1.6 percent, and uh, and uh, the industrial production for October was up 5.1 percent above uh, production a year ago. So, move, moving in the right direction there. Uh, capacity utilization uh, increased to uh, 76.4 in October, and that's the highest uh, since the uh, COVID and uh, started. And that's important because the U.S. production, industrial production, is basically back to uh, pre-COVID uh, levels. And uh, the, the, uh, the leaders in that particular um, What's gone up in terms of production? Motor vehicles, in part, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Uh, <clears throat> motor vehicles and parts have gone up 11%. Aircraft, 1.4%. Uh, steel, 7 tenths of 1%. Uh, so basically what you're seeing is that mining has gone up 4.1%, and utilities have gone up 1.2%. Mining is going up because of the uh, increase in oil prices that you're seeing. So you're seeing more fracking there. So this is Jim McAleese. If you're listening to Get Rich Slow, stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Doctor, my eyes have seen the years and the slow parade of fears without crying. Now I want to understand. I have done all that I could to see the evil and the good without hiding. You must help me if you can. Doctor, my Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. We were talking about uh, the economy and how the economy is getting back to strength. And we're, uh, in case of manufacturing, I think it's back to the point where it was before the COVID started. Uh, what we do is look to different uh, look to the Federal Reserve numbers. We also look to the government numbers. We also look to uh, uh, Philadelphia Manufacturing Business Outlook, and there's also the Empire State Building Outlook. And basically, that gives us an idea of how manufacturing is doing in different parts of the country. And the uh, uh, the latest Philadelphia Manufacturing Business Outlook, where they talk to uh, managers in, in manufacturing along the eastern seaboard, and they talk to them about uh, new orders and shipments, backlogs of orders, numbers of employees, average employee work week. And uh, basically what we're seeing in uh, 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 for this month, for, uh, for uh, November, uh, what we're seeing is that the uh, uh, index number, and the index number, if it's zero, that's neutral. If it's above zero, that means expansion. And if it's below zero, that means contraction. So in uh, November, it jumped uh, it jumped to 39.0 uh, from 23.8 in October. And I'll give you an idea of how, what, it, what it looked like after the COVID hit. After the COVID hit, we were down to, let's see, uh, okay, in April of last year, it was a negative 56.6, and then in May, it was a negative 43.1, and then it became positive in June of last year. And right now, like I said, this year, this uh, month, it's 39.0. And if you take a look at the comments from the managers, they asked them about how did this month compare to last month. Uh, this is part of the raw data. 47%, 48% said that uh, uh, 
November was better than October. Three uh, three tenths of one percent said no. It's uh, their new orders were less. Shipments were up thirty eight percent. Said shipments increased this month. Six uh, percent said that they decreased. The backlog, the unfilled orders, unfilled orders were growing in this month, in November, thirty seven percent versus nine percent. Said that uh, the backlog weren't weren't growing. It's generally a function of employment. In other words, if your backlogs grow to a certain point, uh, then you've got a uh, you've got a certain pad that you become comfortable with. But you also got to get more employees in there because you're going to work that backlog of orders down. People aren't going to wait forever to get their orders filled. The prices paid. Um, uh, 82% said prices that they paid increased in November. 2% said they went down. Prices received, uh, 66% said that they increased their prices. 2% said that they decreased it. Num- number of employees, uh, 31% said they've added to employees. and 4% said that they've uh, reduced and the average work week. 33% said the average work week was growing up uh, in manufacturing. 2% said it was going down. I'll give you an idea of what they expect in price increases. They're talking about, uh, they have this special questions about uh, prices your firm will receive for its own goods and services sold uh, this quarter, the fourth quarter that we're in right now versus the uh, fourth quarter of next year, so the fourth quarter of uh, 2022, they said that the prices are going up 5.3%, and the compensation for the employees will go up 4.8%, and uh, the price price increases uh, that they uh, had a year ago were approximately 3.5%. So basically, people are saying, okay, uh, we're increasing prices, and typically that's a case where uh, it's a matter of uh, uh, the demand is there, so the price increases there. Empire State shows approximately the same thing. You know, the uh, uh, new orders are up 41%. Uh, shipments are up 43%. Uh Unfilled orders up 21%. So basically what you're seeing out of all these people is that uh, uh, the, the, uh, the demand is there. The demand is there. And what we're seeing is that it's getting the manufacturing is picking up uh, speed. Uh, home construction is picking up speed. Uh, consumers are spending, uh, they basically, uh, according to the Federal Reserve, the, the, there's been $2 trillion of extra savings squirreled away uh, over the last year because people haven't been going anywhere or going to restaurants and trips and things of this nature. So there's a lot of, a lot of buying power in the uh, economy right now. So, and uh, of course, uh, Part of it is being used up in this uh, inflation, but people are uh, you know, spending, and 
people are buying and companies are producing as fast as they can, and the supply chains are being uh, taken care of. They're not they're not done yet. There's a long way to go with the supply chains. So this this is Jim McAlee. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. Each year, I'm totally amazed at what Thanksgiving dinner for an extended family involves. After hosting the uh, uh, Thanksgiving dinner, is always a labor of love because there are so many things that have to come together at the same time. It's like a theatrical production, but the lady of the house has generally become an expert in orchestrating the production, and they do make it look easy. This is a story of all the things that go into a Thanksgiving celebration, as the hostess would describe it. In the big picture, Thanksgiving is about more than dinner. When we think about Thanksgiving, we can think about the tea for the trust the pilgrims had so many years ago. H is for the harvest the settlers learned to grow. A is for America, the land in which we live. N is for nature and beauty, which he gives. A is for kindness, gentle words, thoughtful deeds. S is for smiles, the sunshine everyone needs. G is for gratitude, our blessing, big and small. I is for ideas, letting the wisdom grow tall. B is for voices, singing, laughing, and always caring. I is for the Indians who talk about sharing. N is for neighbors across the street for the sea. G is for giving ourselves. So this week, let's keep thinking and being thankful for all our blessings. And until we meet again next week for more of Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.